many times must you stand up to a bully? And what if that bully was not only bigger and stronger than you, but could destroy you, your family, and the world as we know it? How big are them balls then, boss? This is Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. I'm your host, Eric Gray. Before becoming the president of Ukraine, Zelensky's only experience as a politician was playing one on TV. In addition to his role on that satirical TV show, Zelensky made a name for himself in Ukraine as an actor and entertainer, and he was the voice of Ukrainian Paddington. He was also in a goofy, well-known comedy troupe. We start with Volodymyr Zelensky, a man with a name that your narrator can barely pronounce well enough to move forward. He's the current president of Ukraine. Zelensky memed his way into office, first as a comedian, then as an actor, portraying an average man who becomes the Ukrainian president on a television show which then happened in real life. This TV show was called Servant of the People and is garnering quite a bit of rewatch value due to the unfortunate relevancy of a Ukraine under duress, being led by a guy who acted as the president and then actually became the president. Zelensky is not the first actor or entertainment figure to become head of state, but he might be the first to manifest his way into the Ukrainian equivalent of the Oval Office through the sheer power of comedy. Oh, and he's rocking a pair of balls as big as a snowman's ass. Once the Russian invasion began, the United States offered to fly Zelensky to safety. He replied, I need ammunition, not a ride. So yeah, this is the hero of the story. A common man elected to the highest office in his land, whose resume includes several rom-com movies and I, I shit you not, winning the Ukrainian version of Dancing with the Stars. So I think you can see why Vladimir Putin, the villain of our story, might think, well, this guy is like Carrot Top became president? I'm certain that I can fuck around with this guy. Spoiler alert, you shouldn't fuck around with this guy. President Vladimir, he hates gay like he's secretly gay. He don't give shits of Ukraine. Throw you in jail if girls sing in mass, and he definitely is not gay. Vladimir Putin is the head honcho of Russia. He is a former KGB agent that didn't really earn any promotions, was thoroughly undistinguishable in his job, much like your cousin who works the register at the Dollar General, was perhaps a former deputy mayor for a city that no one remembers, and a thoroughly evil motherfucker. And you think he has a hard-on for Ukrainian President Zelensky, and Putin certainly does. 
But you should know that Putin tried to assassinate the previous Ukrainian leader, ignored the one before that, elected the one before that, like seriously. Putin elected the friggin' Ukrainian president just a couple years ago, and the one before that, well, Vladimir Putin poisoned him. So Putin has been horny for action against Ukraine for a long time. Since Christ was a Cub Scout, Vladimir Putin has been messing with Ukraine's politics and its leaders, and in fact started this whole friggin' war by making it to third base with Ukraine, behind the bleachers at the school dance in 2014, while Americans were too busy doing the Facebook Ice Bucket Challenge to notice. And it took Vladimir Putin a couple years to get the real invasion going, because you know how it is. A man of his age. He hadn't been to the bone zone in a while. He needed to limber up a bit, stretch out the calf muscles, take some vitamins because he had fallen from his formerly fine and fit fornication form. It was really in 2014 when Vladdy Daddy started doing his kegels to really give Ukraine the righteous rogering of its lifetime. With a minor skirmish here or a limited invasion there, you know, just waiting for the Viagra to kick in, which it did in 2022, leaving Putin with a rager of a battlefield boner. Lutefisk is a delicacy in some parts of Europe. Lutefisk is a completely garbled, ass-nasty mess made from a perfectly nice piece of cod. The process of making lutefisk, which is the worst thing you've ever tasted, is that you take a fish and dry it for days. Then you soak it in water. Then you dry it again for days. Then you soak the lutefisk in lye, then you dry it again, with the idea that you've got to rinse it again before soaking it, boiling it, and eating it. A wet fish dried from the wet ocean, dried and wet and dunked in lye, repeatedly over the course of weeks, Smells like someone took a shit in a tuna can rescued from a medieval Viking fishing vessel. And no one should eat this, this lutefisk, or prepare this lutefisk because it's an abomination to fish and food, even though parts of Europe find this a delicacy. And that's, oddly enough, is the story of Ukraine. Left alone, it's a perfectly fine country but it's never like the rest of the world wants it. So just like that damn piece of cod, the world fiddles with it, dries the wet and wets the dry, pours lye on it, boils it, and now Russia is consuming it. And they're finding that Ukraine is just like lutefisk. It's hard to digest, hard to keep down, and it tastes exactly like smashed asshole. 
NATO is a child of the Cold War. When it was founded in 1949, there were 12 members. Today the club has expanded to 30, two in North America, 28 in Europe. NATO is built around the principle of collective defense, which means an attack on one member is an attack on all of them. Three NATO members are also nuclear powers. The United States is the undeclared leader, providing 22% of the alliance's budget. The Russia invasion of Ukraine is an ongoing world event. It's likely that Zelensky will be assassinated, or that World War III happens after Putin starts dropping nuclear weapons, like a million-year-old madman, which he is. So let's discuss NATO. NATO is a treaty between a bunch of countries that have banded together to say that an attack on one country is an attack on all NATO countries. These NATO countries, which includes the cool countries like America, Canada, England, and France, all the big democracies, all the cool kids, popular kids, and a few non-cool non-democracies because, hey, let's don't let human rights get in the way of making a friendship. All these countries in NATO have pledged to defend each other in case of any unforeseen attack. Ukraine wants to be in NATO because, come on, it's pretty obvious. They got a murderous neighbor next door. So one might ask, why isn't Ukraine a part of NATO? And the answer is that Putin doesn't want it to be a part of NATO. And Putin has his hand in the politics of Ukraine like a doctor, giving an elbow deep prostate exam. And Putin, despite having no official say in the Ukraine's political decisions because it's a independent sovereign country, Putin has decided that he's going to make the Ukraine the way he wants it. Again, despite having no say so. The Ukrainian president, Zelensky, pleaded to join NATO on multiple occasions before this war broke out. These requests were, of course, blocked because no one wanted to make the war crime warrior Putin piss his pampers over it. So NATO barred Ukraine from joining its fun club of cool kids for the exact reason that Ukraine wanted to join in the first place. Because NATO would help save the Ukraine in the event of a Russian attack. So here's the rub. If you have a next door neighbor that's a stone cold idiot, it can be a challenge. But if that neighbor possessing nuclear weapons was a power mad dictator nearing the end of his life, hell bent on destroying you and the neighborhood and perhaps the entire world if he doesn't get his way. Your options? Well, your options are pretty limited. Snake Island is a Ukrainian province, a tiny little speck of land near the Ukrainian shore. A Russian warship showed up 
demanding that the few Ukrainian soldiers trying to protect this little piece of sea-worn seashore to stand down and give up. The Ukrainian soldiers responded via radio to the Russian warship, Go Fuck Yourselves. The uh, Russian warship's captain, who was surely perplexed and amazed, repeated the phrase, Go fuck ourselves? Back to the Ukrainian soldiers. A mere seconds later, the Russian warship delivered a fuck ton of missiles onto Snake Island, asserting their dominance, despite the fact that the Ukrainians, yeah, they got some serious and profound courage. It was originally reported that this handful of Ukrainian soldiers had died due to missiles because of their defiance. Now it's being reported that they are still alive but are Russian prisoners of war. The former actor and comedian turned president of Ukraine posted this video to social media today from the streets of Kyiv. Slava Ukraine. Slava Ukraine. Calling on Ukrainians to stay and fight Russia. He's one of several leaders walking the wall. Throughout the Russia invasion of Ukraine, Zelensky has retained a baller-ass attitude of fuck around and find out repeatedly calling the Russian troops confused children, taunting the Russian rascal Vladimir Putin himself, and dragging his own pair of concrete clock bell Big Ben testicles between his legs across the country to stand with his soldiers in this time of battle. Two Hall of Fame boxers and brothers signed up for military reserves earlier this month. It doesn't take the diplomacy or patience of Barack Obama or the charisma of Ronald Reagan or the can-do attitude of Jimmy Carter to be an effective leader. Just stand by your people, have faith in your homeland, and be brave, even if it means locking horns with one of the world's largest nuclear superpowers without any backup from NATO. Even Ukrainian parliament is setting an example. Member Kira Rudik tweeted, our women will protect our soil the same way as our men. Zelensky opted in the face of nearly certain demise to remain in the firebombed capital city of Kiev, facing down the barrel of some Russian fuckhead's rifle, leading his own men into battle with the steely resolve of a captain going down with his own ship. Other tweets claim to show civilian men taking up arms in the streets of Kiev, repeating that rallying cry, glory to Ukraine. But here's the thing, it's not too late for Ukraine to turn this whole thing around because Ukrainians are fighting for their homeland. They said, go F yourself. News Nation verified that translation and the video was verified as authentic by the Washington Post. Whereas Russia is sending its best and brightest drafted teenagers who didn't even want to be in the armed forces to begin with, and you can kind of see an opportunity that Zelensky can do what nobody ever expected. Pop open a six-pack of whoop-ass on a Russian land invasion in wintertime. And uh, we agree it's not only an attack on Ukraine, it's an attack on the security of Europe and on the global peace and stability. And Joe Biden, President of America, the free world, 
and your local Seniors Discount Seafood Buffet. Joe Biden, uh, he's doing his best. God bless him. He wouldn't even be the U.S. president if the last U.S. president wasn't every bit as old, twice as evil, and three times more stupid. And if you doubt that three times more stupid part, remember that Donald Trump, Donald Trump, a man made of middle fingers, Big Macs and bullshit, praised Putin for his brilliant invasion of Ukraine. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. Remember when we discussed the previous leaders of Ukraine and that Vladimir Putin had gotten one of his cronies elected to the position? That guy's main political strategist was a guy named Paul Manafort, who later ran Donald Trump's presidential campaign, got sentenced to federal prison, and was pardoned by Donald Trump himself. And don't forget that Donald Trump, a man who will bring a date to his own wife's funeral, was impeached for imploring Ukraine into manufacturing a fake scandal to hurt Joe Biden. In 2016, when our own intelligence agencies revealed that Russia had been meddling in our presidential election, just like Russia had done to Ukraine, Trump blamed the Ukrainians, defying the wisdom of our own CIA, FBI, and TMZ. So, America? Well, we've been wrist deep in Ukraine's prison wallet also. Just like Putin and the rest of the world has, because that's what we do. As Winston Churchill once said, you can always depend on the United States to do the right thing after we've tried every other option. Every normal democratic country has condemned this unprovoked war between Russia and Ukraine. Even the not normal, not democratic countries have said, hey man, this thing is real fucked up. Zelensky has the approval of every head of state, including whatever intern Biden has signing his name on things these days. Even fucking Switzerland couldn't stay neutral on this one, opting to poke Putin right in his Swedish meatballs by condemning the unlawful invasion. And Americans have forged forward with love and cold hard cash to the innocent Ukrainian people. Thousands of Airbnbs were purchased in the Ukraine in March of 2022 by Americans, not because we were going to vacation in this hotbed of war, but because it was a way to send a bit of cash to the Ukrainians who were cowering in subway stations to avoid the illegal shelling of their own homes. And Americans and our allies are having a real effect on this unlawful invasion, even if we're not sending troops and dropping bombs. We've frozen many of the Russian bank accounts, not only here, but throughout the world. Many of Russia's wealthiest businessmen are finding their yachts being repossessed, 
or their goods and services blocked or seized with the hope that if rich Russians get mad, maybe they can convince Putin to stop. Apple announced that they wouldn't be selling any of their products in Russia anymore. Because if a cold war with the rest of the civilized world isn't enough to convince Putin to pop his pecker back in his pantaloons and go home, maybe being forced to use a generic off-brand version of GarageBand on his Android will be the push he needs to stop the madness. American corporations, the American president, the American Congress, and the American people all share this desire to see the Russian aggression stop, to somehow reverse the largest war in Europe since World War II. And while the United States and the rest of the international community have praised Zelensky's bravery and leadership, as well as pushed sanctions onto Russia. There's a chance that these sanctions will do nothing but screw over the poor working-class Russians living in the frozen tundra they call a country. The world has changed overnight. With the possibility of World War III happening because Vladimir Putin hasn't received his juice box and nappy time to his specific schedule. But Ukraine, the victim in this story of naked international aggression, do the Ukrainian citizens send their therapy bill for 44 million shell-shocked citizens directly to Russia? Or is there a class action suit they can get in on? And after COVID-19, a capital insurrection, soaring gas prices, and another Batman reboot, can Americans get in on that therapy shit too? And that's it. We're putting some water on Season 2, Episode 4 of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas on the Russia Invasion of Ukraine, Part 1. This podcast is produced and performed by Eric Gray and co-written by T.J. Small. T.J.'s a funny dude, man. Check out the show notes for links to T.J.'s writing and also his Fiber page where you can hire him out to do some of your own comedy writing. Writing, writing. I got had to put a had to put a real hard T in that writing. Also, don't forget to check out the website ericexplains.com. Get in on the mailing list; you'll get some exclusive content. Once again, that's ericexplains. E R I C explains.com.